there's a couple things actually that are, you know, that we celebrate or we can celebrate today, especially as a Christian. Uh, one of them obviously is Memorial Day, uh, which really is observed uh, tomorrow, Monday. Uh, but what's the other thing that we can celebrate uh, to today that, that might be significant in the Christian faith? Does anybody know? John, you're allowed to answer if you want to. He's so nice. He just sits there being so patient. What else is today? What else can be celebrated today? Pentecost. Thank you, Shane. Pentecost. Um, so I, I obviously don't want to go without uh, saying that, but, uh, but my focus today really will be on Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a holiday that's observed in the United States. Um, and what is the, can anybody tell me why we celebrate, and celebrate's probably not the right word, why we observe uh, Memorial Day in the United States? So I think that it's important before I get into the message, uh, and thank you for that, but to uh, go through what it is not, because I think there's some uh, confusion, certainly, uh, around Memorial Day. And I say that as a veteran myself, because many times I've heard people thank me as a veteran on Memorial Day, and that's, that's not the appropriate holiday to do that. So we'll talk about that. But more than Memorial Day, and it's certainly something, especially in this country, that we observe, and it should be somber to us, and it should give us pause to remember and reflect, there's a deeper significance and truth uh, to Memorial Day as a Christian, especially as uh, we talk through sacrificial love. And that's really going to be uh, the the premise or the, the theme of uh, our discussion this morning is... Uh, sacrificial love. So to talk a little bit, to set it up, to talk about Memorial Day, uh, the origins can be traced all the way back really to the aftermath of the Civil War, uh, one of the bloodiest really conflicts in U.S. history. Uh, and in the wake of the war, countless soldiers obviously had lost their lives. And what you saw is you saw certain towns, uh, they would start holding uh, like vigils or remembrances for people that were lost. And so that's kind of where it gets its start, obviously, and go back further than that too. Uh, but it becomes a uh, national or federal holiday, as it's known today, uh, a little bit later. So I wanted to talk about what Memorial Day is not, just so we can kind of be on the same page when we talk about uh, Memorial Day and why we're even discussing it uh, today. So one, number one, what Memorial Day is not, is it is not a celebration of all veterans. Memorial Day, like you were saying, is specifically commemorates those who have died, who's passed away while in military service. So it's not to be confused with Veterans Day. It's not the appropriate holiday to think of veteran, although I appreciate uh, your appreciation for veterans, but that's not what Memorial Day is about. It's about those that have given their lives, paid the ultimate price in service to our country. It is not, number two, a global holiday. Memorial Day is observed really in the United States. That does not mean that other countries don't have something similar, but when we talk about Memorial Day, when we celebrate it, in remembrance, it's a United States-specific holiday. Number three, what Memorial Day is not, is it's not a day for celebrating the start of summer, although it does officially mark the beginning of summer. And I think that too often, and we, we're doing this today, right? So after service, we're doing a, a barbecue and we're having stuff set up, but that's not what Memorial Day is for. It's not to just celebrate and have a party and, and cook hot dogs. It's again, to think through and honor and meditate on and remember those that have laid 
their lives down. It's not a fixed holiday uh, date, number five, or number four, rather. It's observed in the usually the last Monday in May. So again, that would be tomorrow. Uh, uh, number six I have on my list, and you, we've seen this more today, I think probably than ever, but it's definitely not a day for political agendas. We have our men and women who've laid their lives down and have all different political views. And it's a day to put that aside and just remember the sacrifice that they paid in service to our country. And again, it's not just about celebrating, uh, and it is a federal holiday. So I wanted to make it very clear that it's not supposed to be just a day of happiness, even though we're called to be happy, but it is a day of remembering a very significant uh, a trauma that a lot of people, and maybe some of you sitting in here have experienced with loved ones that have given their lives. The day to remember those who have given their lives. So there's three quick stories that I want to talk about. And these are just three people that just were really interesting stories from different time frames uh, that have given their lives in service to our country. One such example is a, a gentleman named Audie Murphy. He was a young Texan who became one of the most decorated American soldiers of World War II. One of, not the, but one of. Despite his small stature and fragile appearance, Murphy demonstrated extraordinary bravery and leadership in numerous battles, including a specific battle where he single-handedly held off a German attack following his unit to regroup and counterattack. We saw the same thing uh, in World War I and uh, World War II with other people. Sergeant Alvin Colin York was another one who single-handedly held off uh, a German gunner's nest. Moving forward, we saw another example of Private First Class Lori. Forgive me if I say this name wrong, but she's Native American, so I, I have a hard time. That Piestwa. And so she was part of the Hopi tribe, and she was in the 2003 Iraq War. She was part of the Marine Maintenance Company, and she would go on to have her Humvee or convoy attacked, which is very common if you guys remember, and I know it's all still really fresh in the war following 9-11, um, where suicide attacks would happen and roadside bombs would happen and our servicemen and women would be driving, patrolling and, and things would detonate. So this was one of her, this was her story, obviously, but she was the first uh, woman, one, in, uh, to be killed in the Iraq invasion. And two, she was the first Native American woman in history to die in combat and service to our country as part of the armed forces. So uh, she is a reason we observe Memorial Day and remember her sacrifice as well as uh, the young man from World War II. Lastly, a couple years later, we find another story of Lieutenant Murphy, Michael Murphy. He was a Navy SEAL who uh, was in Afghanistan during a, an operation called Red Wing, and that was in 2005. And so they, just to kind of set the stage, uh, they were being heavily outnumbered and surrounded, and there was intense enemy fire, and he could they could not make a call out to get help because they were buttoned down. So this gentleman had to uh, go to a different elevation so he could reestablish signal and he could make contact. Uh, he did so, but doing so, uh, what do you think the issue with that was? Obviously, he put himself in harm's way and he did lose his life because he did that. But because of the sacrifice that he made, his brothers and sisters uh, were rescued and they were able to get the help they need. Sacrificial love, it's something that as a Christian, we should appreciate more than anybody else. As an American, we should appreciate it obviously, for our uh, servicemen and women. As a matter of fact, when we think through and just doing research on today's message, I wanted to see, okay, well, well, well how many people died in each of the conflicts that are uh, major wars that this country uh, has experienced? And this really goes all the way back to 
the War of 1812, Revolutionary War. What do you think the, the deadliest, uh, according to uh, at least the research that I was able to find, these numbers may be a little off, so forgive me and don't come up and yell at me afterwards. I mean, you can if you want, but you'll just hurt my feelings. Um, so what do you think was the, the deadliest conflict in U.S. history as far as the wars that we've gone through to our, our service men and women? Yeah, the Civil War, 620,000 people gave their lives. And these examples, among countless others, remind us uh, that heroism knows no boundaries of gender. It knows no boundaries of background, of race, of color, of anything. And on Memorial Day, it's important that we honor the memory of these these fallen heroes, men and women alike, who demonstrated immense bravery and selflessness in defense of their country. And it's a day really to pay tribute to them. And that's not to say that the barbecues are bad and all that, but as long as we know why we celebrate, why we observe Memorial Day, that's the important thing. And those were just three stories of almost three million people total between all of these uh, uh, wars in this country that have given their lives for the United States. So when we think about, so that's Memorial Day. So when we think about Uh, sacrificial love. I want to look at three areas today, understanding the essence of sacrificial love as it relates to Memorial Day, obviously, because that's what we're getting ready to have as a holiday tomorrow, but also in a deeper way, in a very, uh, very much a deeper way when we think about what sacrificial love is from a biblical standpoint, because sacrificial love from a biblical standpoint, does it know borders of a country? No. It doesn't know borders. It doesn't know loyalty to a flag. It's, it's all tied together under the banner of the gospel of Jesus Christ and under who God is and what he's done for us. So understanding the essence of sacrificial love. Uh, number two, a call to sacrificial love because each and every one of us as Christians has a call to love sacrificially. And we, when we think of sacrificial love in, in the light of Memorial Day, obviously, that's the ultimate price that was paid by these men and women to lay their lives down. But, but as a Christian, uh, it may come to that one day for sure. But there's other ways that we can sacrificially love where we die to ourselves, in a way, in service to other people. And then, uh, number three, we'll quickly look at overcoming some obstacles, obviously, to sacrificial love. Because the truth is that sometimes people are hard to love and sometimes it's hard for us to love people. Right? We're human right? We mess up. We fail. Sometimes we want to do what we want to do. I don't want to help somebody else. So sacrificial love, that's specifically the first part. As we remember fallen heroes today, it goes beyond really, and if you think about this, think about what I'm saying here, that love goes beyond a sentiment or a fleeting emotion. It's a choice, especially in when we think about Memorial Day, it's an act of selflessness where uh, these men and women put the needs of others before their own needs, and they paid the ultimate price for it, their life. It's usually marked by humility, compassion, and a servant's heart. This is love that Christ embodied, the love that our brave service uh, men and women, a type of love at least, that they, uh, they showed, they displayed. And I can tell you this, that uh, when, when you ask a veteran usually, and this isn't always the case, but when you ask a veteran, and a veteran is somebody who is not celebrated because the fact that they're a veteran means that they're still alive, right? They're, 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 we're, not sell, we're not thinking of them and honoring of them on Memorial Day. But when you ask a veteran, usually, why did you serve? Why, why did you choose to do that? 
I can promise you most of the time, and I can't say it's 100%, obviously, and it's not because I wanted to get rich. Not because I needed the, I wanted the money. It's not because the pay was super good. Because I remember me and my wife in the service trying to raise three kids on an E3's income. It is terrible, but you do it. And I do it all over again. And I think many veterans say they would. So it is a sacrifice to say, well, they got compensated, they got paid, really diminishes uh, the sacrifice that they made. Because I promise you, they didn't do it because of the money. It was a sacrifice. When we think about laying down one's life for somebody else, is there any verse that we can think of that comes to mind that kind of encapsulates this idea in Scripture? And obviously, everything that I'm going to say, I know we're comparing to Memorial Day, but I want you to understand that the, the type of sacrifice Jesus showed us and modeled obviously is way far above anything we can do. I'm not, I'm not putting him on equal footing with any of us at all. But, but as we honor our, our uh, men and women who laid their lives down, it should help us appreciate God in a deeper way too because of his sacrifice for us, because of what he did for us. It should help us appreciate that more. Is there any verse anybody can think of that reminds them uh, that would be appropriate for Memorial Day and laying one's life down for somebody else? Is there something in there that talks about that, you think? Yeah, John 15, 13. Thank you, Shane. There is no greater love than to lay one down one's life for one's friends. And this verse I love so much, just in general, because it's just a good reminder that what we do for others matters, that, that we have to be others-focused. And obviously it's appropriate for Memorial Day, for the men and women who laid their lives down so we can enjoy one of the most free countries in the world. And I think that's important to remember. It's really easy for us to get distracted with all the noise of CNN, of Fox News, of MSNBC, of NBC, of Facebook, of Twitter, of Instagram, of all the other media venues or avenues that we can consume information. And because if we were just, if our hope depended just on what we saw on the news, where would our hope be? Wouldn't have any. It's just terrible. I mean, so much so, and I think that it's important uh, as a pastor to understand what's going on in the world, to look at the news, but it, it's disturbing. I've even had to pull back significantly because it's just distracting. It's just discouraging. But our hope is in something so much greater than that. But even with what we see on the news, we can lose sight of the fact that we are still in one of the most free countries in the world. One of the most free countries, really, that nobody has ever known in this world. We've had one of the strongest, more powerful militaries in the world has ever known. There's a lot of blessings that we enjoy and a lot of freedoms that we enjoy in this country that a lot of people in the world don't enjoy today, even with things the way that they are. God still chooses to use this country to bless the world. Although we know that the time is coming sooner rather than later, but that won't be the case anymore when he comes for his church. But today we reflect on what we have and what the Lord's blessed us with. I love the way that John, uh, as I was studying through this, one of the commentators that I read through, John Corson, uh, put this in his commentary. He says, an entire nation was revived when John Knox prayed, Lord, give me Scotland or I die. But what many people don't know is what Knox was writing about 
he was uh, writing about uh, an answer to that prayer where the Lord responded to his heart. And think about what uh, John Knox is saying here. First die, and then I'll give you Scotland. A lot of times we approach God in prayer, and that's something we've gone through recently here in our youth group, in our college group. Uh, we approach prayer as, uh, God, I need, I need, I need, like he's a cosmic genie, I told the youth. God isn't a cosmic genie where we just rub that bottle and he comes out and, and gives me what I need, and then I put him back in that little bottle and put him on the shelf until it's convenient for me. No, the Lord here is saying, die first. Submit to me first. Surrender to me first. We, it's easy for us, or we think about in our own sphere, uh, when we, uh, we think about sacrificial love, what are some things that come to our mind just in our own circles, in our own environment, do you think? Sacrificial love. Things that, that we do daily, maybe. Do you think? Anything? Maybe we think about the things we do for, like for me, for my wife, for my kids, right? We would lay our life down for our wife. But let's say somebody on our church app says, hey, I need a ride somewhere, and, and we go give them a ride or, or we pick them up, right? Those are sacrifices. Those are things that don't necessarily benefit us, but we do it uh, to help others. We could have selfish motives, and maybe we do, but there's many things we do on very small uh, level. But when we think about sacrificial love, you know, it could be laying down, obviously, our, our life for our, our spouse, our kids, our neighbor, our friend. But again, I want to reiterate that love isn't a feeling uh, necessarily, or it should be at least, that we hope returns, right? That's not love. If we do something, I do something for you and I expect it back, right? I mean, I'm going to risk assess and think, well, I'm only going to help, uh, I'm going to only help uh, Shane with this because I know that in next week he's going to help me with that. That's just a trade, right? I'm just giving this for that. That's not what love is. Not an elusive mystical emotion. It's an act that we have to choose, something we have to do. It's an action word. It's a decision to die to our dreams, our desires, our needs, our wants, and instead to lay down our life, very similar to how we see as we honor our, uh, our men and women who died on Memorial Day, what they did for our country. Can it be easy to love and help the people we like? You know where I'm going with this. And it's something we say to the youth a lot. Something I say standing in a mirror a lot. Yes, it can be easy. And sometimes that's not even easy. But then I add the fact that maybe I, you hurt me or I consider you not a friend or I don't like you or whatever sinful thing is standing in the way of you and me and my heart. And I think that it's important as we think through sacrificial love. And again, we think through our men and women who laid their lives down and we honor that and we, we, we meditate on that and we remember that. But it should drive us to a deeper appreciation again and understanding of an example that someone else gave us. An example that is the epitome of sacrificial love is a perfect example of sacrificial love. Again, somebody who willingly demonstrated this type of love by laying his life down on the cross. But it wasn't just for a people group. It wasn't just for a country. But it was for the entire world throughout all of history stepped out of heaven when he didn't have to, subjected himself to the torture, to everything that it meant to come down and be a sacrifice for not just the people that were alive then, but for the people that lived and the people that were going to live throughout eternity. 
just as our fallen heroes of our nation made the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus also paid the ultimate price, but he did it for our sins. He did it for the things we can't even see, but that eternally separate us from a holy and living God. I'm reminded of Romans 8 or 5, 8 through 10, excuse me. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. And while we were still sinners, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. I want you to understand the beauty of what's being said here. And the last part, verse 10, for since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. That's why I'm talking about what Jesus did is so much higher than what we can even experience on this earth when we look through and honor our fallen men and women heroes on Memorial Day. Because when we think about the nature of war, there's two sides to it, right? What is war about? Who's involved usually? The United States, when we think about it from our perspective, right? The United States and an enemy, usually another country, right? Obviously another country. What this is saying here, though, is so much deeper than that. That would be like our servicemen and women going and dying for the enemy country so they could be saved. Do you understand the difference? We were still enemies of God, and he willingly laid his life down for us. Admittedly, that's a kind of sacrifice that's hard to wrap our minds around because that's not how we experience reality on this earth. We think of a winner and a loser. We think of the good guy and the bad guy. We think of the United States versus X. Our team wins. But Jesus came for everybody, for all teams, to for the forgiveness of sins. And I just love that. It just so makes me really just be humbled by what God did. And again, as we reflect on Memorial Day and what it means to this country, really it should drive us to that greater appreciation of the one who sacrifices impacted everybody. When we think about the call to sacrificial uh, love, and we first obviously we'll start here with the love of our brothers and sisters. And first John 316 uh, says that this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And as followers of Christ, we are called to sacrificially love our brothers and sisters in faith. It's our duty to support and encourage and serve one another, bearing each other's burdens and sharing in their joys and sharing in their, their tears. Now, again, that doesn't mean that that's a call to acceptance of sin. That's not at all what I'm saying, quite the opposite but we are called to love. Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Jesus is having a conversation and just like most uh, scenarios that involve the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these extremely intelligent uh, people that were trained all of their life, that knew the scripture, uh, usually by heart for the most part, were very intimately familiar with it when God was standing right in front of them, couldn't even see it, couldn't see him. 
And obviously they're having a back and forth because they don't like Jesus. They don't like what he has to say. And really, why don't they like what he has to say? Because it's the truth. Because it pierces like a two-edged sword. Because there's no arguing against it. That's why they had to hire people to be false witnesses. Verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he, speaking of Jesus, has silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. And one of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Tying it right back to the Old Testament. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So see right there, is that a good answer? That's a great answer. Absolutely. All right, cool. We heard what we wanted to hear, right? That's a good answer. But it is, is he in there? He's like, but a second equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. See, I think I can love God and not love people, but I can't. Does Jesus make it clear here that they're interconnected? Loving God and loving people. Can I truly love people in a way that I'm called to if I don't first love God? No, because he's the standard of love. He's the example of love. And that's what Jesus is saying. Two equally important intertwined examples of how we love. Obviously, love God above all things. The first part is love him above all things, except maybe our job, right? Is that what it says? Love God above all things except for your pursuit of retirement because that's super important. It doesn't say that either. We're to love God above our job, above our friends, above our possessions, above our desires, above our wants. And then we're to love our neighbors just like we love ourselves. Now, Somebody might say, well, I don't love myself, but the, the, the truth is we do. We do love ourselves. Using this commandment, uh, you, you will have people say, especially today, we hear this a lot, especially when you walk into the Christian section of Barnes and Nobles, let's say, because whether you know it or not, they do have a, well, they call it a faith section, but there's a lot of books that claim to be Christian books. And what do you think the majority of those books are about? Self-help. You know, you know how much space they could save if they just put the Bible? Just the Bible. There you go. Self-help. It's all in there. Using the commandment, uh, people will use this commandment is what I'm trying to say, to say that in order to love your neighbor, and, and by a show of hands, tell me if you've ever heard somebody use this line, or maybe if you're brave enough and you have before, that's okay too. But they use this commandment to say, see, we must first love ourselves. If I don't love myself, if I don't take care of myself, then I can't take care of other people. Has anybody ever heard anybody say that? What an arrogant, prideful statement that I bought into before too, I'll be completely honest, because it sounds good, right? If I'm not healthy, how can I be healthy for you? But what does that depend on? Me making myself healthy. Can't do that. I can't do that. Only God 
First John 4, 20 through 21 says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people, we can see. If we don't love people, we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. See, loving my neighbor, loving other people, do you know what it's not dependent on? It's not dependent on me loving myself. It's dependent on loving God. Because when I start thinking about myself, then I'm right back to me being the center of my universe. And not, who's supposed to be the center of my universe? God. And how can I love other people if I don't love God? And how can I love God if I don't know God? And how can I know God if I don't ever open his word? If I don't ever pray? If I spend no time in worship? Again, something we go through more than once in our youth group. If I never, you know, I spend so much time saying I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm not hearing, and I've been praying for six months, and God hasn't answered, and I haven't heard anything, and I don't understand where he is, and I can't hear him. Maybe he's not there, or maybe he doesn't exist. Maybe I've been fooled. And then I ask the question, what have you been reading lately in God's word? I don't know. I haven't read the Bible in eight months. How can we hear God if we don't seek him through his word? Because the majority of the time, how are we going to hear from God? Through his word. The ability to love God and love people cannot be broken. They're linked. The issue many of us face is that we tend to separate two fundamental aspects of our faith due to what I like to call, or what we've called in youth, our, our school subjects. So think about this. Who here remembers being in high school or college or something? Okay. So think about this, and I'll try and use this analogy, uh, and hopefully it makes sense. And if not, then, well, that's what grace is for, I guess. <laughs> so we think about our school subject approach to or spirituality, my school subject, uh, faith. So we tend to view our faith, some people do at least, and we all uh, can be guilty of this, much like how we view our subjects at math. So I have my math subject, I have my English subject, I have my science subject, I have my history subject, and each, I have the own little binder for each one, right? And this is my bath binder. I don't, do, I don't do my English stuff in my math binder, and I don't do my Spanish stuff in my English binder, right? They're separate. I've got to keep them separate. There's no overlap. And oftentimes, I think we approach our spirituality this way, or our relationship with the Lord this way our Christian faith. On Sunday, we're sitting here in the sanctuary, we're listening to a message, we're worshiping, we're praying, we're fellowshipping, we're enjoying time. And then Monday, what are we doing? So that's our math. Our math is Sunday. And then Monday, man, I hate that guy. My boss makes me so mad. I really wish he would die. He's old. Maybe he's going to have a heart attack. Right? I mean, that seems silly, but sometimes we have evil thoughts like right? Or Tuesday, somebody cuts me off and I flip them off. Forget you, cut me off, right? And then Wednesday, oh, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? But I just want you to pray for him. But, but let me tell you what happened, just so you know how to completely pray for him. And all I'm doing is just tearing him down, gossiping. The point is, you can't separate our faith. It has to be the way we live. It's who we are. It is our identity. Jesus is our identity. Our identity is is rooted and founded in who God is. I have to be the same Christian Monday that I am Sunday. Or what am I doing? I'm just fooling myself. 
Christianity is not coming to church on Sunday. Christianity is not wearing a cross around our neck, just like our servicemen and women who laid their lives down for our country as we think about them on Memorial Day. They were the United States of America. They were representing the flag. Most of them wore the flag on their arm. That's who they were. That's what they did. As Christians, it has to be who we are. I hand me no different Wednesday than I am Sunday. If I am, I'm only kidding myself. Our faith is founded, is rooted in God. Does that make sense? We can't separate it up like we did with subjects in school. And then throughout the whole week, after I flipped somebody off, I've, I've uh, maybe went out and got drunk Friday night because, man, I had too much to drink. And then Saturday I was hungover, so I didn't do anything. And Sunday I'm right back in church. Hey, how's it going? Everything's great. Check that off my list. Back to Monday. I hate my boss. Our journey with God is in a high school schedule. High school schedule. Another way I like to try and put it when talking to some of our youth because they understand uh, sports, for instance. So instead of thinking about our faith like a, a high school class divided, when we think about a, a sports team, whatever it is, football, uh, baseball, what does each team member do? What do they do on a football team, let's say? They all work together. They all have the same goal, right? We want to win this game. Likewise, the body of Christ is called to be united. We've got hands. We, I love the way that the Bible lays it out. We've got hands and arms and eyes and ears and noses and toes and all the things that we understand what makes up a body. But can I have a body without a head? No, right? We all depend on each other. We all rely on each other and we're all important uh, to God. And we're all uh, called in our own unique areas. None of us are more important than the other, but we work together. We can't separate out our faith. So when we think through that, and then we think through loving our neighbors, again, we, I said this earlier, it's easy to love the people that we like, but that's not uh, where it ends. As a matter of fact, you guys are, does anybody know what book pastor's getting ready to start? He just finished up Romans, right? Now he's going through, uh, I think a little bit, uh, a few weeks of, uh, is it Daniel? Yes, Daniel, right? I'm not wrong. Yes, um, I'm trying to remember. And then uh, what is he getting ready to start though? Acts, the book of Acts. And I love the book of Acts so much. What do you think, if, if we could summarize the book of Acts, how would we summarize it? What's it about, really? The church, uh, like, like I tell the youth, again, because they watch comics and they understand this, it's like the origin story of the church, right? It's, it's how they got started. And it starts so beautifully in Acts chapter 1, where we see Jesus walking around and, and talking to people before he ascends at the end of Acts chapter 1. And and uh, scaring people and popping into rooms like with uh, a Thomas and saying, hey, I'm here. Here's the holes in my hands that you said you wouldn't believe lest you touched them and now believe, right? And, and he ascends and we see in Acts chapter 2 where really the church starts. And again, that's what today uh, can be celebrated as as well as remembering the day of Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit came to the church. And everything changed. Acts chapter 6 and 7, we see... Uh, somebody passed away, the first martyr. In Acts chapter 9, we see a guy called Saul have a, an experience on the road to Damascus who would be called Paul. Right? So much happens in Acts. But the point I'm trying to make is if you understand the book of Acts, if you've read through the book of Acts, is it fair to say that there's a whole lot of sacrificial love happening 
in the book of Acts. Yeah. Because you have a whole lot of people that say, I don't like you. You're a Christian. I don't like what you say. You're going to die. And you know what? Not to spoil anything, most of them die. All but one. Most of them give their lives in service to the gospel because that's how much hated, that's how hated they were. So do you think that it was practice for them to love people that wanted them to die? Yeah. That's what it means to be a Christian. We saw the same thing, and not to minimize at all Memorial Day, because we saw the exact same thing, especially who remembers the Vietnam War? Was that a super popular war if you lived here and you weren't serving? And did our service uh, men that went over there, did they have really any say or were they just said, you're going? Yeah. And what did they get to come home to after watching their brothers die, after experiencing the trauma of war? When they came home, what was the reception like? They were hated. They were vilified. They were spit on. They were cursed at. We see a lot of the same thing, obviously, and, and not to that degree. Obviously, when we look through Acts and we look at the early church, they give their lives because they were hated, obviously. But I don't want to minimize uh, thinking through Memorial Day, too, that our servicemen and women have experienced things similar to that. Maybe not to the scale, but they have. So I think you'll really enjoy the book of Acts, but we see sacrificial love in there as well. So our third point, overcoming obstacles to sacrificial love. Number one, selfishness and pride. And especially on Memorial Day, as any other day should, it reminds us that Sacrificial love involves selflessness and humility. See, I cannot sacrificially love in my pride because they're incompatible. Because my pride is all about who? Me. And my sacrificial love for you is about who? Or should it, who should it be about? You, not me. See, sacrificial love challenges our selfish ambitions, our vain conceit that often uh, fills our hearts. Look at Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Philippians 2, uh, 3, I'm sorry, 3 through 8, I think. Yeah. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I have to love myself first. You see the incompatibility there? It's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about others. Now, that doesn't mean, obviously, that there's not practical needs that I have. Obviously, we have to eat. We have to sleep, right? I, I'm married. I've got uh, twin toddlers at home. My sacrificial love includes them, too, right? And they deserve my time and get my time. So uh, sometimes people will use that in ministry as a way of saying, well, um, I can't be home right now. I've got so much else to do. And then we completely wreck our home life. So that's not at all what I'm saying either. But it's still sacrificial love, right? Don't look out for only your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. And there's so much time we could spend on that one verse. It just blows my mind. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God something to cling to. Instead, in verse 7, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself, in verse 8, in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. See, that is sacrificial 
love. And that is a choice. See, my loving you should have nothing to do with my feelings. My feelings, just like my heart, are deceitful, can deceive me. They're wicked. Love is a choice. Let us honor our memory of our fallen heroes by cultivating humility and valuing others above ourselves, putting their needs before our own, seeking really to be an example and a light in this world through the power of the Holy Spirit as he uses us to reach the hurting, reach the broken, reach the people that our flesh might say are unreachable. This church is our battle zone, this life. Just like there was a physical battle zone for the men and women who so bravely laid their lives down for us, we are also in a battle for the very souls of people, and God is the one that that wins souls. But it's not going to be easy for us. And I can promise you this, that be very careful when you look at somebody and you say that that person can't be helped. That person's not reachable. Because I promise you this, and we see this in Acts chapter 9, people thought this guy named Saul, there was no way. And you'll get there. There's no way. And then after it happened, God, are you sure? Do you know who this is? But we're so quickly discount people because we think they're unreachable. And I think God shows that that nobody is unreachable. Maybe we have fear or maybe we're in our comfort zone. Christians can be really good, myself included, about staying in our comfort zone. The fallen soldiers of our nation had tremendous courage. We saw that in the the third example of the gentleman in the Iraq uh, operation that stood up so that got to a higher elevation so he could save his brothers and sisters and it cost him his life. Was he in his comfort zone? No, he knew what probably could happen, but he did it anyways. And I love the, the, uh, the term, and maybe you've heard it before, about what bravery is versus fear. And bravery is not a lack of fear. Bravery is just doing something in spite of fear. Yeah, I'm scared, but it's the right thing to do. It's what I'm called to do. When we look at 1 John 4.18, it reminds us, as we live there in verse 17 in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Verse 18, so such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because why? Why do I love you? Why am I called to love you? Why should I love other people? Why should I sacrificially love other people? Verse 19 tells me because why? Because he first loved me. Why do I forgive you when I hurt, when you hurt me? Because he first forgave me. See, where is my mind constantly focused or where should it be? On the cross. On God's word. Not on what I see. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. By embracing the perfect love of Christ, we can find the strength through him to love sacrificially, even when it requires us to do stuff we don't like. Maybe we're stepping into unfamiliar territory. Maybe we're going to talk to somebody I normally wouldn't talk to. Maybe when I'm going into Walmart to shop, instead of doing this, I say, Lord, if there's somebody that you want me to talk to, lay it on my heart. 
And then I keep my eyes up and I just look. And there's times I might not see anybody, but you'd be amazed at the interactions you can have just if you make yourself available and say, Lord, here I am. If there's anybody, send me to them. But that can be uncomfortable. Is that sacrificial love? Yes. Right? Because me, I want to get to Walmart or, or Albertsons or Vaughn's. I want to get what I got to get and I want to get home to my terrible two-year-olds. So easy to just not be available. So as we close the day on this Memorial Day here in 2023, again, let us remember those brave individuals who laid down their lives for a nation that made the ultimate sacrifice for our country, who really embodied the greater love has known no one than this there in John 15, 13, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Their legacy of selfless service and profound courage should inspire us. And in honoring them, we honor the principles which they stood for, freedom, justice, unity. They are the reason that we're one of the most free countries that have ever existed. Now, are we going to be the best country that ever existed? No, because that, that is yet to come the most perfect government. We will never know that until Jesus comes down and shows us how it's done and does it himself. But in the midst of our remembrance, let us not forget those two great commandments that we read about earlier. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And what? Love people like you love yourself. He tells me to love people like I love myself. When I love somebody like I love myself, what do I want for them? I want blessing for them. I want to help them. I want good things for them. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to enable them in sin. That's not love. That's just probably because I don't want to say anything and I'm uncomfortable about it. So it's the easy way for me. So again, let their sacrifice not be in vain. As followers of Christ, we're called, obviously, to a similar service of love. Maybe not necessarily a physical battlefield like what they were in, but we do know that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and dark places. That's why we see in Ephesians 6, the armor of God. We are called in a battlefield. We are in a battlefield as a Christian. Make no mistake. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, and Lord, as we, we just think through on Memorial Day and meditate on what it means to be in this country, to observe Memorial Day, almost 3 million people that have laid their lives down in service to our country. As we see sacrificial love modeled in their sacrifice, we just first and foremost, Lord, lift them up, lift their families up. Maybe there's people here that are still hurting from losing a loved one in service to our country, and we just thank you. We thank you for their, their lives. We thank you that we live in a country that unfortunately was bought with a very very deep price, a very bloody price, a price that still causes pain in the hearts of moms and dads and brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, friends, loved ones. And we just pray for their comfort, but we pray that they come to see you in a very real way, that they're comforted in a way that only you can comfort. And Lord, also as we reflect on Memorial Day, we just, we look to the one who paid the ultimate price, whose sacrifice wasn't for a country, for a certain people, but whose sacrifice was for all people throughout all of time. And then we'll echo throughout all of eternity that by your sacrifice, Jesus, that we can come boldly before the throne. 
that we can spend eternity in the very presence of a loving and living and holy and sovereign God. It's just saying thank you for your sacrifice doesn't even do it justice. And we can't even fully comprehend the depth of your sacrifice. We were just the recipients of it. We just benefit from it and we just thank you. Lord, I just pray for everybody this week. Lord, through today, we would just really meditate on what it means to sacrifice, what it means to have sacrificial love for our neighbors, for others, be for people we don't like. In the truest sense, there's people we don't like because of issues in our heart. I just ask, starting with myself for conviction, search my heart, Lord. And we thank you. We love you. In your holy name we pray.